Welcome back to Work and Agile, everyone. We're looking forward to sharing this topic with you, micromanagement styles and coaching. How do you coach a micromanager out of being a micromanager? Um, we're going to go through that and more. We've got this interesting article from the company Nestor, and we have Arena Dontov, who writes an article about uh, coaches versus micromanagers and how to become a leader who inspires. Uh, so we talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about that and share our opinions. Buckle up. It's going to be an uh, interesting ride. Here we go. Episodes this 86 86. We're up to 86. Good morning. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. I thought I'd start with something different. Just an observation. (laughs) Just that's that's fine. Observe away. Observe away. 86. We're not we're not far off the uh triple digits. We we are not. We should do something. We should do a celebration or or something. Like a giveaway. Yeah, giveaway. Yeah. What would we give away? And who time? A book. Should and how we, can we afford the quantity to give away to our tens of listeners? Oh, we wouldn't give away something to everyone, just you know, whoever <laughs> the who, who, yeah, we could we could make a thing of it, you know, in 25 words or less. Tell us why agile can't be scaled, okay? <laughs> and then we'll then we'll then we'll get all the we'll, we'll get all the um scaling of agile detractors to jump on and try and get a freebie. <laughs> I don't. I never like those twenty-five words or less things because it's like, what? Well, it, that's that's going to be a subjective winner. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like you know picking picking a name out of a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, you're the winner. Well done. You know, twenty-five words or less, subjective. So you know, I don't. I've never liked those. There you go. I've learned something new about you, Adam. There you go. And I've <laughs> I I absolutely despise the fact that when people put up on. Their socials. Oh, we've got a free giveaway, but it's only to US residents because of postage. Like, what? They don't put a global free giveaway. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get started then. So you're going to surprise me with a um, a check-in question. With a check-in. A check-in question. I yes. bet you it's something about the Queen. Go on. Yes. Uh, how did you know? It's very topical today because uh, Queen Elizabeth has passed and we have a new king, King Charles III of his name. If you were king for a day, what would you do? Well, I, don't they don't they just visit places and give money to charities these days? They're not they don't have any power, do they? I don't think they have any power. Probably not. They send out letters to people who turn a hundred and people yeah. have fifty years of marriage and that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if I was king for a day, what would I do? Um, maybe go visit a country and smile mm-hmm. and wave. And meet people. Smile and wave. Just smile and wave. Yeah. Any specific country you would visit? I quite like the Solomons. Mm. So probably go to because Solomons. of the because of the beaches and the people. Or yeah, yeah, I've been there before. It's quite nice. Yeah, nice, nice. What about yourself? It's difficult. I'd probably change some sort of rules or edicts, or I'd probably change. Uh, I don't know what rules though. So that you can have world domination. No, absolute. No, power. I'm not a. 
I'm not a no. I'm not no. I'm not an absolute power junkie. I'm not a world domination junkie. Uh, you may have guessed by now. I'm a more of a servant leader. Yeah, yeah. What would I do? Um, again, I asked the question and I didn't have an answer, so that's a bit silly. <laughs> Look, you know, I'd probably do something about sharing the wealth, money into building a new hospital or something like that. Mm, nice, very noble. Mm, so, yeah, something like that. Very good. All right. What are we talking about today, Adam? We're talking about um, micromanagers. That'll be fun. Hey. Yes. Is that um, very, very small people uh, well, is- that are managing micro? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. The micromanagers are, con- I suppose, controlling managers. They, they, well, we'll talk more into it, but they are they're managers that you work with who are quite controlling, um, don't provide a lot of autonomy and um, or empowerment and can be challenging to work with. Have you ever worked with a micromanager, Adam? Yes. How did you how did you find your experience, your sense of purpose, your enjoyment working with a micromanager? I found it I didn't have any autonomy, so I couldn't make any decisions for myself. Now let let's probably a long time ago now that that's happened. I was young into the workforce, let's say. Mm. So I probably didn't know any better. So it's like, you know, there's a hierarchy and this this whatever this person says goes. Mm. And I was pro- I was more focused on pleasing that person than I was about pleasing a customer or pleasing my colleagues or ple- you know, so it was all like I have to please this person and then I know I've been doing a good job. Mm. That's that's how it felt. And then you know, over time, another manager turned up and, and started turning my questions back on me and saying, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? Hmm. Uh, How'd that feel? And uh, I felt like I had more autonomy and more uh, more choice in the matter. I think initially it feels, uh, it gives you a bit more stress because it's like, oh, it's on me now to make that decision. I have to decide what we're going to do with our people or where we're going to shuffle them or, you know, how we're going to build this tool so that we get more money from selling it to customers or whatever it is. Hmm. It's on me. But then uh, you get more fulfillment out of having more autonomy and you can create your own purpose, kind, if that makes sense. So if you've got a manager who's like supportive and, yeah, go for it, you know, I, I trust you and lets you make some mistakes along the way, then, you know, it's uh, – better for you in the long run, I think. That's great. I agree. I think your uh, sense of purpose goes straight up and I think your outcomes are better. Your um, your output, your outcomes, the value you deliver is is far better, uh, especially mm. in the long run because you've got, you've got time to develop. I thought we'll go into this article that I've got from Irina uh, Dontov through Nesta. Nesta, how do I pronounce the website? Nestor. Yeah, Nestor. That's right. Uh, the company is mm. Nestor, and uh, Irina Duntov wrote wrote wrote. Gosh, great language today. Uh, wrote an interesting article about coaching versus micromanaging and how to become a leader who inspires. Uh, I thought we could take a couple of snippets because I found this pretty interesting, and uh, mm. and we can just share our opinion on it. The first one was how to spot a micromanager. Um, she wrote, most likely a micromanager wants everything done their way. A- as good experts, they know best. However, they usually provide little context for it. And and some of them will hide it under their importance of feedback. 
Undoubtedly, feedback is a gift and helps to explore and develop our potential. However, there is a big difference in providing constructive feedback for growth and giving feedback on something that's done differently without stating clear expectations from the beginning. In other words, the power of setting clear expectations comes with saving time and unnecessary effort. Next, we can provide constructive and developmental feedback from there. You ever had a micromanager that's provided feedback by just not for the purpose of development, but for the purpose of wanting to get stuff done their way? Um, yes. Yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah, interesting, yeah. hey? Um, example of, you know, you're in, you're in a workshop, a solution design workshop, for instance, and the higher the hippo, the highest paid person in the room, um, or the highest paid person official, hippo, just gives their opinion and everyone just says, yes, okay, we'll do that instead of debating what might be the best or what might be more beneficial or quicker or faster or God forbid longer, but you get a better product at the end. Um, mm. I've, I've seen that uh, over and over again. Hierarchy. Mm. Yeah, I can I can picture someone coming up to me wanting to provide me feedback in, in a nice kind of way. It's like, hey, Jordan, can I provide you feedback? And then mm. they just talk about how they want something done their way as opposed mm. to actually caring about my development, understanding why I do the things I do and, and trying to work out together if there is a better way moving forward. Mm. It's interesting, like mm. a micromanager can disguise themselves as a coach, you know? The next paragraph she has here is micromanagement under the compassion lens. She writes, usually micromanagers are very well prepared experts in their fields who grew into a managerial role. They really know what they are doing while their experience and knowledge are clean and tidy. The majority mm. of micromanagers are doing all of this subconsciously without the intent of harming or hurting someone. So instead of pointing with a finger, help them grow into a coach. If you were to look at them with compassion, what might trigger their behavior? Explore what makes them act like this and what needs they hide behind it. Mm. Help them acknowledge and be aware of the impact that their behavior has on employees and their company, and then guide them to become coaches for the teams. So this is uh, thinking compassionately about that that person, having some compassion for that person that's exhibiting the micromanager traits, mm. and trying to understand what, why, what, what's what's going on for them. Uh, have a conversation with them, and and you know may, maybe they miss being on the tools, and maybe yeah they did grow into a managerial role, and it's not for them. They're here. Uh, you know, they got the pay rise and they're not sure how to navigate getting back to doing what they were doing and what they love. Mm. They're not, yeah. not so happy being a people manager. Um, yeah. yeah, It's not for everyone. Absolutely. And I think when you are um, the recipient of a micromanagement behavior, you can get resentful and you can think this person yeah. being a douche, um, yeah. this person has ill intent. However, a lot of the time they may not even realize that they're a micromanager. And so mm. that's where the compassion comes in that you can change your perspective and go, okay, where's the opportunities? How can I help yeah. someone? How can I help this person become a coach? Yeah. They signed up to take on all this accountability and maybe it's a bit too much. Uh, you know, they're, they're accountable for delivering the product or, or servicing the customer or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and it's, it's become too much for them. How do we as scrum masters help them realize, well, use, use the team. If you've got a team. Mm. They, they can they can help take some of the load off mm. if you maybe peel back some of the oversight that you're doing and uh, yeah co yeah coach coach 
coach the team to a place where there's not so much pressure on you, on your shoulders. Hmm. But um, again, a, di- a difficult conversation to have. It's it's definitely not. I, I've worked with micromanagers, and I've um, I've attempted to coach micromanagers. It's not something you can do straight away. You can't just provide feedback. They'll get it and then want to change. A lot of the times with a micromanager, one, they, they either don't know it and they're starting to realize it and trying to change or or they don't realize it and they don't want to change. I don't know. It's just a different mindset that, that, that they may have and they, and they prefer that, you know, hands-on micromanagement style. How do you coach someone like that? You, you provide them regular feedback. And sometimes you might need to use compassion and sometimes you might need to use compassion and a little bit of um, force <laughs> um, mm. to protect your team. And, uh, and what do I mean by force? I, I think what I mean by force is um, interrupting sometimes when the micromanager might be getting hands-on and, and, and starting to um, you know, allocate resources without letting people know or, or starting to continuously follow up on that person with that piece of work when they said that they'll you know, when, when you should be trusting them to, to get mm. it done when they said they would. Um, so the force comes in, I think, that when you are providing that rapid feedback, not just once a month, but you're coming and regularly going, hey, Adam, um, we've spoken about this before. This behavior has come out again. The impact to the team is this. Um, mm. I, th- I think that we could do this differently. And I think that we could just take a step back. I know, I know, it's, I know we want to get this done. Uh, however, I know, we also need to develop the team how do you feel about that? And if mm-hmm. if the person's like no, <laughs> then that's gonna that's gonna be hard. But if the person's mm. like, oh, look, yeah, okay, fine, we'll do it your way, or something like that, then you're starting to mm-hmm. kind of you're starting to kind of make a bit of progress. That's my that's been my approach anyway. Mm. What do you make mm. of that? <clears throat> yeah, it's great, and I think that's when you can um, elicit the help of the team as well, uh, or you can come back to the team and say, look. This person wants you to uh, evolve and grow and uh, become more autonomous. It's now up to you to take that. I think team members can get comfortable with being told what to do all the time. Definitely, uh, it's it becomes like a safety blanket. Mm. Oh, yep this 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 person's just going to tell us what what we need to do next, mm. and then what we need to do next, and and I'll just do that, and I'll just and I'll just bobble along. And not have to think too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel sad for people like that because you're going to go on year after year, and you'll you'll end up spending many years in an organisation. And what what would you have achieved over that time, other than just being told what to do every day? Mm. It is. A, it, it, it's a real challenge. Yeah. It's a real challenge when you're trying to coach the micromanager into being, you know, help, giving more autonomy to the team, and the team don't mm. know don't know what to do with the autonomy because they're used to being micromanaged. And so mm. you kind of need the other other side of the you kind of need the other side to work for it to actually get buy-in from the micromanager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like they've been in some sort of a trauma. <laughs> and and you know, you co- you're coaching them out of, you know, we've we've come out of lockdown, you know, uh, over the last 2 years and now we have to start going back to the office again. Mm. Like we were told, be stay in your house for your own safety. Do not go out. Do not go to a playground. Do not do da 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 da. That's that was micromanagement for reasons. 
and now we're in the point where, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you can go out again. It's okay to go out again. You can catch the train. You can you can go back to the office. You can go and start buying coffees, you know, in the city again because we need to get business back up and running. It's it's slow burn. It's not happening at a alarming mm. rate. Mm. So yeah, we we get used to living a certain way, and then suddenly when the veils are all taken off, and you know, I oh, do whatever you want again. Oh, hang on, that's hard. You know, that's really interesting, Adam. Like, I think that our, our next episode or, or an episode that we should do <laughs> is- Because we never follow up with what we say we're going to follow up with. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we in debt to an episode that we said we would do? I think we are. We're in debt to everyone. Oh, anyway. I think that we should Sorry. do an episode on- So, this current episode is coaching a micromanager. Yep. We should do an episode on also how to coach a team out of the micromanagement behavior that they've been under. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this episode up. Yeah. With what? What do we do with the uh, yeah. with that? Yeah, well, person. I, I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about the impact, and then and then how do we wrap it up, and, and what do we do? So, um, th- th- there's another paragraph that um, Irina, yeah, another paragraph that uh, she wrote here that I found really interesting. And um, and she gave several examples of a coach versus micromanager. Um, and so the first one was a micromanager focuses on, focuses on efficient allocation of resources. Instead, a coach unlocks people's potential to maximize performance. There is no doubt it is useful and valuable to know what your resources are and how to be efficient with them. But what a great opportunity to share this wisdom with others and explore their, their to explore together individual strengths to unlock potential. Next one is a micromanager tells whilst a coach actively listens and asks more questions. The next point here is a micromanager usually has the best answers and solutions. A coach enables people to come up with the best answers and solutions. A coach believes people are resourceful, creative, and are able to identify alternatives. So here's a question I have. If if you come with the best answer and solution anyway, mm. so a, a micromanager has the best answers and solutions, according to them, uh, the team, a coach coaches the team to come up with the best answer and solution. If the destination is the same, why, why would we follow the path of the, the coaching path? If you were to sail a boat through a coral reef and sail it through deep water and you both arrive at an island, but you've arrived at the island, but a couple of people have fallen off the boat going through the coral reef and the boat is damaged. You can't get back, mm. you can't get back off the island. Mm-hmm. As opposed to going the correct way where, yes, it's deep water, bigger waves, harder to learn well, how to- It might take longer. Sail. Might take longer, but you have an intact ship or boat, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can get back off the island. What do you think? And you're using the longer path as the coaching. Yes, uh, I would take the longer path. It's harder, but it's worth it, right? The path less travelled. Mm. Destination is the same, but the journey from there is not the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the way, you might have people who learn a new skill. Oh yeah, like tying ropes or whatever it is, mm. coding, testing, documentation. Mm. Okay. Good answer. Great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's wrap this up. A micromanager asks how and when, and, and a coach asks what and why. So it's it's a complete mindset shift, right? 
So you, mm-hmm. you, you, as a coach, you're, you're, you're stepping back from the, when are you going to get this done? And, and, you, and you're going, why are we doing this in the first place? And you tell me so that you can have buy-in, so that you can feel accountable and commit to this thing so that you're going to have the best chance for success as opposed to when are you going to get this done? Show me how. I want the detail. I want every little you know, ounce of information so that um, I know that we are or aren't going to make it. Mm. It's a complete mindset shift. And it's hard, it's hard to make that mindset shift, I think. And I think this might be, uh, that last point might be a little bit of why teams butt heads with their leaders so often because, you, you know, you say the, the micromanager tell, uh, asks how and when. Mm. Well, the, the team are the one doing the work. They know best how they, yes. how they work, how they deliver, how they can get stuff done. Mm. They should be advising the leader, manager, whatever it is. This is how we're going to do this. But if the leader's coming in saying, Here's how you're going to do this. Yeah. Then that's that's not conducive to a, a positive environment. The other question I had is the when. So a micromanager asks when, right? When are we going to have this? When is it going to be delivered? Mm. When are we going to sell it to customers? When, when, when? Dates, dates, dates. Yeah. Does that mean every leader in every organization who says when is a micromanager? No, I think there are more behaviors and attributes to a micromanagement. Okay. Um, style, but it depends. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends. Um, so therefore, for our, our listeners, you shouldn't just immediately jump to you're a micromanager just because someone says, "Am I going to have this by the end of the quarter?" Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I definitely think there are other contributing factors to someone being a, a, an actual micromanager. Whereas, mm-hmm. yes, you can be a coach and also slip into a micromanagement behavior here and there. Doesn't necessarily yep. mean that's who you are at heart. Yeah, I would. I would if for those micromanagers out there or people out there who, you know, what what should I say? Maybe you could say something like, "What support can I give you to ensure that we get this delivered by the end of the quarter? What do you need from me as your leader?" Yeah, you're not convinced. No, no, I don't think so. I think um, I, would that I give hit- autonomy back onto the team to say, "Hey, we need more. We need more time. We need more." Okay. Yes. If those are the options, but if the options are, you know, we need to get this done on this date, non-negotiable, how can I support you with that? And the team goes, well, you're not a coder. (laughs) You know what I mean? But if you go, if you go, um, look, we desired, we desire to get this done on this this time. Now conscious that, you know, conscious that you've Nine women can't have one baby, like we said, so we can't just keep mm. throwing resources on the team. Um, mm. Are there any painful blockers? Are there any painful meetings? Are there any painful things that we do in this organization that we could get rid of to clear the way for you? Like that mm. that would be helpful, but I think, mm. um, yeah. So, so perhaps a, a little tip to take away is maybe as a scrum master, you could have a conversation with that, with that leader manager before the session to say, look, we're gonna we're gonna present a blocker to you. And mm. it'd be great if you could support the team and take ownership of that and resolve it for us. Mm. So it's not a surprise to them. Mm. Maybe that's just one one thing to take away. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Cool. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Yes, let's do that. Have a good day, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any tips on how you deal with micromanagers and coach micromanagers, 
obviously we want to hear from you. So email us at awakenagile at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for listening to that episode. Uh, you know, you could do something to really help us out uh, and give us a review and a rating on your preferred uh, podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is. Please do so. It really helps us out a lot. And we weren't joking about doing some form of giveaway or something for the community. Uh, we'll have more information on that in upcoming episodes. So stay tuned. And we will see you soon. Bye for now. I've made myself laugh. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>